0: Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teachers. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. am just going to hear a word from God this morning. Um... <clears throat> Who remembers Martina Hingis? Anybody? This is a real like millennial question, slash former professional tennis player question. But Martina Hingis uh, was a professional tennis player, one of the best in the world. As a child growing up in Switzerland, by the time she was four, she'd started entering professional tournaments. By the time she was 12, she'd won her first Junior Grand Slam, the youngest ever to do it. She made her women's professional debut on the WTA Tour at 14. By the time, and she was in the top 100 by the end of that year. By 15, she'd won the Wimbledon women's doubles title and made the single semi-final of the US Open. I was failing maths tests. She's winning women's doubles titles. At 16, she made all four singles open finals and she won three of them, and the only one she lost is the French, which doesn't count, because it's clay. At 17, <laughs> if you know, you know, at 17, She won all four doubles open finals in the calendar year as well as the Australian Open singles again. Before she was 18, she was number one in the world in singles and doubles at the same time. And by the time she was 21, she was done. She was basically finished. She had her second ankle surgery in May 2002 and that was the end of Martina Hingis at the top of Women's World Tennis. Now she had various comebacks, she had some success in doubles, I'm not trying to diminish Martina's career here, but before she could legally have a glass of wine, her tennis career was on the downward slope. What do you do if you peak at 17? What do you do if you get to 21 and you're like, is this the best of me? I was talking to a friend this year who was fairly newly married and and they had recently got full-time work, and they'd just got married, and they're like, well, this is great. And then they looked at me and they said, what do I do now? And it wasn't meant to be funny, and it wasn't meant to be sad or angry. It was just this confusion of, I've hit these major milestones in life, Now, now what? What do I do? What do you do when you feel like you've peaked? And sometimes when we come to milestone moments, and Christmas sometimes serves like that, we can ask ourselves that question. Have I peaked? Is there more to my life now than what has come before? Is this it? Now, Luke's gospel, Matthew's gospel, both look at the the narrative of the birth of Jesus. Um, Matthew's gospel looks at it more from Joseph's perspective. Luke's gospel looks at it more from Mary's perspective. Now, pretty staggering story. We don't talk about Mary enough in church, in the Protestant church. If you have ever felt like you had too high expectations on your life, give Mary a call, okay? Let's just run down a little bit about Mary. Depending on how you interpret it, Mary probably felt pregnant sometime, somewhere between the ages of 12 and 15. She had an angelic visitation from Gabriel, a physical visit from an angel. She's told she's carrying the true king of Israel, the son of God, who will be the king forever. And by the way, this is all going to happen without you having sex. You're just going to have a baby in there, Okay. Then she visits her cousin Elizabeth, Elizabeth is also miraculously pregnant, but where Mary is miraculously pregnant without having sex, Elizabeth is miraculously pregnant because she's so old and still miraculously pregnant. And Mary comes into the presence of the pregnant Elizabeth and the baby within her leaps with joy and they begin prophesying over each other in the Holy Spirit and speaking life and blessings over each other and blessings over Jesus. Then she travels to Bethlehem where she is met by kings and shepherds who confirm that everything that is happening is from God. Then she gives birth to a celebrity baby... Then she does some international travel and flees to Egypt for a while. And then she has Simeon and Anna at the temple prophesying and speaking life and blessings over Jesus and and describing him as the saviour and redeemer of Israel. And if we're being generous, this all happened before she was 18, probably younger than that. And I wonder if at any point Mary's given birth to Jesus and all these things are happening And then the shepherds leave, and the kings leave, and they go back to Nazareth, and she's all of 17, and she goes, now what? What do I do? I mean, let's not kid ourselves. In terms of the highlight package of Mary's life, that's it. It's finished. How do we know that? Because that's kind of what we get in the Bible. If there was something else dramatically spectacular, like if if she herself was going to grow wings and start flying around or something insane, then we would have read about it. But we just get to the end of Luke chapter 2 and we ask that question, is this it? Have I peaked? Have I peaked? I don't know if you've ever felt like that. If you've ever got to a point in your life where for one reason or another you've asked yourselves, oh, am I done? Have I, are my best years behind me? This, by the way, is not necessarily about age. There are plenty of young people who get to a point and whether it's through disillusionment, maybe it's through mental health, maybe it's through life experience, you just would go, I actually wonder whether the best parts of my life are done already. And what's to come is, is not going to be as good as what's before it. I think this is something we can ask. But here's what you might not realise. This is not only a problem with the way we think about life. This is a problem with the way we think about our salvation. This is the way, a problem in the way we think about how Jesus has saved us. I'll tell you what. We can often see our salvation in Jesus Christ as this singular big moment that we come to, and and it's like our peak as a Christian, right? We get there, it's a singular moment to be achieved, and it's this Christian peak, and I, I guess it kind of is in some ways. Salvation its what you and I need. Just let me be clear on that. You and I, everyone in this room, you need to find salvation that God is offering you through Jesus Christ. Every one of us needs that, but... If being saved by Jesus is the goal, and if you are in this room and you have made that decision to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus with my life, you then got to ask the question, well, now what? What, what do I do with the rest of my life? I mean, shouldn't I just kind of be in heaven with God? What's, what's going on? What's, what's the purpose? Why would I even be here? If salvation is the whole game, then what happens after salvation? Now, this isn't a new question. People have been asking it for generations. What happens after salvation? What is the purpose of my life? And I'm willing to bet you've asked this question before. What's the purpose of my life? Why wouldn't God just take me to heaven now? So this is a real question. It weighs on our minds. It is meaningful. But at the same time, with all due respect, it's an insane question. Like, it is a question we ask when we are not thinking straight. Now, let me explain why. Let's imagine that Mary took the same view about raising Jesus, that she said, oh, yeah, I've had the angelic visitations and I've been pregnant and I've given birth. I'm done. Mary out. This is great. I'm ready, God. Take me. And God's like, well, hang on, hang on. Did did you miss the bit where I entrusted you with a baby to raise? Just imagine if you're a mother in the room, that you went through all the bodily joys of nine months of pregnancy. And at the end, you gave birth, and you took a couple of photos, and you're like, cool, I'll see you. Like, no, don't do that. In fact, why would you? Like, you're just trying to put your body back together after that. You're like, no, part of the joy, part of the built-in nature is there's these endorphins that go, oh, this is my child. I now have a job to do. i got a purpose from here on out. See, we know that Mary did not view that as a goal. Just like with conception, pregnancy isn't the goal. Birth is the goal of conception. That's the goal. And we know Mary didn't just view giving birth to the Savior as the goal. Why? Because we've just read to the end of Luke chapter 2, but there's 22 more chapters. There's a whole lot that goes on after that as Jesus is raised and he goes about his ministry and Mary is involved. In fact, even after Jesus' death and resurrection... Mary's son James becomes the head of the church in Jerusalem. She's got other kids to raise. She's got other people to sow into. She's got to care for John because John's all touchy feely. And Jesus is like, all right, you know, care for my mum. But really, like, mum, would you look after John? He's very emotional. You know, (laughs) Mary was just getting started. She was just getting started. The birth of the Savior doesn't mean much if you don't raise him as the Son of God. And getting big dreams and visions doesn't matter if you won't do the day-to-day grind of actually living that out. We have a job to do. The most highly favoured woman in the history of humanity was not done after Jesus' birth. The real work was only just starting. See, new life, it's a very obvious example. Giving birth is a really obvious example of new life. But it's also seen in the new life that comes afterwards. So what does that mean for you and me? That's the big question. What does this mean for you this Christmas? This is how our salvation parallels with the birth of Jesus. Your salvation, being saved by grace through Jesus Christ, is a new life. We walk into a new life. We hear this again and again through the scriptures. When we treat our salvation like a box to be ticked to get to heaven, we miss what God really wants to do. Not just, hear me, not just to us, but through us. Not just to us, but through us. When salvation is the goal, we can be tempted to stop when we get there, but we miss the new life of discipleship and mission. That's what God is calling us to. Salvation is like birth, but what comes after is the new life. So if you've ever felt stuck in your Christian life, it might be because you stopped at your salvation when that's it. I've made it. But you've only just started. You're only just getting started. See, salvation is not the goal. It's the first step. It's the beginning of the new life. God is so gracious. Hear this. God is so gracious that not only does he reach out and save you, he calls you to work with him, to renew, to restore, to redeem all of the earth, all of creation in his image. This is what God's about. We have salvation as a gift in us for the world. We have new life in Christ, and we have a mission to the world to tell them about Christ and show them what it looks like to follow him. Church, you haven't peaked You're only just getting started. You're only just getting started. No matter how old you are, no matter how difficult 2020 has been for you, God wants you to hear this. He has new life in you starting today in Jesus' name. There is a new chapter, there is a new call, there is a new step of faith. If you're not dead, you're not done. At some stage, you will be graduated into glory. Praise God. What an honor. But if you're not dead, God has work for you to do here on earth. That is the mission of God. So for Mary, everything in the first two chapters of Luke was just the beginning. And it makes her a great story, but it only makes up part of the picture of her life. Now, catch this. If Mary had more to do with her life than just carry and give birth and raise the saviour of all creation, then I think you and I do too. If Mary had more to do with her life than just raise Jesus, can you imagine that? Imagine an angel coming to you and saying, You are going to carry the miraculously conceived Son of God and raise him. And he has to be perfect, by the way. Like, okay, no pressure, mums, no pressure. Read all the mummy blogs. Like, no pressure. And then, by the way, you'll have other kids, so you still have to raise them and care for them. And by the way, deal with their inferiority complexes along the way as they have Jesus as their older brother. Imagine Mary being given that and then me going, you've still got the rest of your life to live. This is the banner over your life, Mary, Make no question. But you've got a full life to live. And God wants you to hear that this morning. Because some of you, whether it's through the hits that 2020 has given you, Whether it's through the age and stage of life you've reached and you're either in retirement or you're looking at it and you're like, well, I can kind of relax. Like You can, but God has work for you to do. He wants to use you if you let him. He wants to do a work in you and through you if you're not dead. God's not done. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, here is where you might ask the question, how? How do I make sure my salvation is a launch pad and not a landing place? How do I make sure of that? Well, you need to hear this. There's something critically important about Mary that we heard in today's teaching text right at the end, and it is this. Mary heard all these things and treasured them in her heart. She heard it because Mary knew that what she had been told, what had been prophesied over her, what had been blessed over her, what had been spoken over her for goodness and grace, what had been spoken over Jesus, doesn't matter unless you do something about it. You have to act on that. You have to walk in. In that, and so Mary treasures what God has done in her heart. She reminds herself, and that's what you need to do. That's the key. You remind yourself the way Mary did, and these are the things you need to remind yourself of, the same things Mary did. First of all, who Jesus is. Who Jesus is. Now, Mary didn't have this at the time, but for us, I would add, and what he has done for you. Who Jesus is and what he has done for you. Treasure that in your heart. What you are here to do, the purpose God has given you, if you don't feel like you know the call on your life, and I know especially for a lot of young adults, that's one of the big questions I get asked all the time, I don't know what to do with my life. Well, tell me what you're gifted at. Tell me what you're passionate about. Tell me what God's put in your hand, what's in front of you. God has got options for you, but step out in faith and do it. So discover the purpose God has got for you, and then remember the faithfulness of God. Because all these things I'm telling you here, They're not ideas, they're promises. These are things that God has promised and that God has done, that Jesus has achieved for you. He has achieved your salvation and now he's calling you into a new life and it's up to you what you do about that. But if you can treasure these things in your hearts, who Jesus is, what you're here to do and God's faithfulness, you'll get there. You know what that's about? It's about Identity. It's about purpose, it's about character. You have an identity in God. You are a beloved daughter and a beloved son, not because of anything you have done, but because God has called you and chosen you and adopted you into his family. You have a purpose. Not because you are innately brilliant in and of yourself, but because God has called you to partner with him on mission. He's not saying, yep, just go over there and live your own life. You do you. No, no, no. You do me. (laughs) Do God's way. He's calling you into that to take your gifts, to take your passions, to take your talents, no matter where you're at in life, and use them for the glory of God. And finally, the character of God is what defines us. The goodness, the grace, the love of a God who, though he is eternal, reaches down to us as small, as as, as tiny as we are and says, I love you. I put value on you. I want you to be called my daughters and sons. I'm calling you home. The character of God can be trusted. And I think for some of us here today, we need to be asking ourselves, what have people spoken over our lives? Right now, sometimes this can be a negative way. What what are the things you need to reject? What are the negative things people have spoken? No, 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 it's Christmas morning. This is a time for joy. What are the prophecies that people have spoken over your life that you need to claim? What are the things you've been afraid of because they seem too big? What are the plans and purposes God has put ahead of you that you're like, S- I don't know about that? What do you need to run towards claiming in faith, this is what God is calling me to? It's been my fear holding me back. What have been the encouragements people have said over you that you won't let sink in? What is God calling you to do based on the goodness that has been spoken over your life? What has God promised you of that you need to remind yourself of? That's what you need to work out this Christmas. Band, you guys can come back up. It's Christmas, I'm gonna finish early. Our theme Yeah (laughs) Our theme for Christmas Heard that Lucy. (laughs) Our theme for Christmas in twenty twenty has been new life. Now our theme for Easter was life. We came out, you know, we had a planning session, the bushfires had happened, and we we're like, you know what? This country's going to, we need, there's a sense that we need life again. Oh, those bushfires were rough, weren't they? Everyone, meanwhile, now is like, bushfires? I can't recall. Uh, and so by the time we get to Easter, of course, Easter is on Zoom. And so we're preaching about life, but we're also looking around us going, well, wow, this is a little isolated. And so COVID happens, and then lockdown happens, then race riots happen, and then voting fraud allegations happen, and lockdown happens again. And suddenly it's the end of the year, and how the heck did we get here? And I just want to name for me, I have found 2020 really difficult. I've got nothing to put my finger on to say this is why, no major life tragedy, nothing specific, but 2020, It's just weighed on me. And I only say that not for sympathy, but because I suspect that might help some of you give permission for yourselves to say that, yeah, it's weighed on me. And I don't know why, and I feel a bit maybe soft for saying that or something like that, but that's okay. That's okay. The key is not whether it's weighed on you. The question is what are we going to do about that? The question is whether at the end of this craziest of years we can stop and unburden ourselves on Jesus and say, as we get to Christmas, as we celebrate together, as we're ready to go and spend time with our family and friends, can we recognise not only that we have a job to do, but God's doing a saving grace in us. He's begun a work that he's doing in us. We need to come back to the cross. We need to unload our burdens, unload our sin to Jesus, receive his forgiveness and step out in joy Because, friends, the new life you have been given is so you can go and give it to others. New life is an overflow. It's a gift from you to others, from Jesus to you, from you to others. So that's the question. What are you doing with your lives in the name of Jesus to challenge this Christmas? What are we doing with our lives in the name of Jesus? Are we just going to go to lunch and engorge ourselves and pass out on the couch? Maybe. But what could we do? I mean, what do we have the capacity to do? What does God want to do in your spirit? What is the stuff that you have not been willing to hold on to or you've been running away from because it just seems too hard? Because it seems like a miracle that only God can do. It's been enough just getting through 2020. Okay, fine, but we're through it. It's Christmas. It's new life. God's bringing joy into this space. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you are able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, EncounterAdelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.